Welcome to the Happier Amp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And, uh, boys, we have some interesting things to get to culturally on the program, some interesting things to talk about. But before we do, Pipe, um, I want to talk about the biggest cultural event probably in the entire fall uh, anywhere in the world. And uh, it's, not, it's not the eclipse. Uh, it's live in Louisville, okay? Uh, I want you to tell the good people of the world— listeners to this show, how they can get involved in Live in Louisville. Yeah, I mean, when we say it's the biggest event in the fall, I think it's important for people to realize it may not be the biggest numerically. Like, there will probably be more people at some college football games or possibly like— yeah, yeah, or like a Manchester United game for those of you who care about the the other football and uh, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who know somebody who might care about that, since none of you do, um, but but this is the biggest in terms of significance, cultural significance. This is like this is this is for influencers, for the for the early adopters, the cutting edge people. So October twenty second in Louisville, Kentucky. That's a Sunday. It'll be in the evening from eight to ten p.m. Although that that 10 p.m. is loose, depending on how much fun we're having, could go later. Uh, you can go to happyrantpodcast.com. The details are there. The link to get tickets are there. It's 10 bucks. That helps us cover cost, pay for recording equipment and refreshments and such things so that we can make it a great time. So, again, that's October 22nd, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, we, have, we have multiple dozens of you already having purchased tickets. And that's wonderful. We, we have room for more. So go ahead and sign up for that. We would love to see you there. Pipe, that's great. And I want to use that to dovetail into uh, another kind of cultural item that uh, it conveys status, uh, can't be purchased. Uh, but that's the thing get, we care a lot about on this show, status. Status dude, is important to us. Dude, we care a ton about status because we're celebrities um, and we're businessmen. And let's face it, boys, and our, this, is show, this is not show friends, it's show business, okay? And uh, we, we don't do this for just simply our own enjoyment. Uh, we, do it, we do it to grow our platforms. And, and part of that, guys, is the whole issue of the blue check on Twitter. Now, I'm not on Twitter. And full disclosure, I use my movie's Twitter account basically to subscribe to, like, Canadian football and, and NFL Twitter accounts. So that's how I'm that's how I'm using Twitter. But I do know that when you reach a certain level of celebrity and influence, you get a blue check next to your name. And um, recently, I'm not going to name names. You guys can if you want. It, it, it depends on like personal conviction on this issue for you. But there's a gentleman. He's a gentleman that we've referred to on this program before uh, who posted on Twitter how upset and out of sorts he was uh, after multiple attempts to get the blue check not having the blue check. Um, Pipe, you have a blue check next to your name. And I want you to talk about, A, how you got that, and B, how validating it's been and how it's changed your life. Absolutely. Let me, let me answer the second part of that question first, because yeah. to the gentleman, assuming that he listens, because this is the world's largest podcast, um, <laughs> It is the most validating thing in the world to see the little blue check next to your name. Every morning I wake up and I open Twitter and I open my own profile to look mm-hmm. at it and just yeah. see the blue check to, to be reminded that I matter, that I'm significant and doggone it, people like me, just to quote Stuart Smalley. So <laughs> it is, it's, it's profound, it is uplifting, it's deep. And uh, 
and it makes all of my tweets like 18% better. So if a tweet was sort of funny before, like it's pretty funny now. If it was pretty funny, we're moving into professional comedian territory. Same thing goes for for wisdom. If I was if it was somewhat insightful, it's moved into making people nod and go, hmm. So so the blue check really matters. And so to the to that that gentleman who doesn't have it, um, I'm so sorry you lack that fulfillment in your life. Your mornings must suck. That's really tough. Mm. Mm. Pipe in terms advice? of the pro- Well, yeah, oh, answer ahead. the other part of the question. Yeah, the other part of the okay. question. So in terms of the process to get it, it used to be this mysterious thing that Twitter handed out that they uh, so you never could tell who got and who didn't. It mattered uh, aside from personal fulfillment. It mattered because people there were fake accounts, you know, so like every time there's an an NBA rumor, for example, in the basketball world, there are fake uh, fake reporter accounts for like Mark Stein or Adrian Wojnarowski or whoever that uh, that put out fake rumors and people fall for them. So you have to look for the blue check to see who's the real guy. Mm-hmm. Then Twitter opened up an application process for it. And I was guided to that process by a friend who oversees social media for a uh, for the company that I work for. And he said, hey, you should consider doing this. So I went and filled out the application. And like three days later, they said, you are indeed the real Barnabas Piper. There aren't any other Barnabas Pipers out there. Um, and so we're going to give you the blue check. And I gained all that validation. Mm-hmm. Pipe, what was mm-hmm. the application itself like? Were there were there pointed questions that that would lead them to believe that you either are or aren't Barnabas Piper? I mean, were they like, did you get a shepherd's pouch at Christmas instead of presents? I mean, was it, was it that specific or what are we looking I at? I mean, they, they sent two guys, they sent two guys in dark suits and sunglasses to my home um, <laughs> and they shined a bright light in my face and grilled me for about three and a half or four hours. I was sweating. I was exhausted. <laughs> um, and just... Uh, they they dug into my past. They wanted, yeah, they wanted to know. I mean, they, I, they the, the typical stuff, social security number, birth certificate, like the one with the actual stamp, no photocopies, um, driver's license, you know, is that your current address, all this stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, then it, then it got into like, you know, got into like your best friend in fourth grade and where did he live? And, you know, first date you ever went on and what was your most embarrassing moment? And did you in fact drop that touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone when you were wide open? And, all of these different things. And so like they, they turned me inside out. And, uh, and in the end I could in fact prove that I am who I say I am. And, uh, but I didn't know that when they left. So it was just two or three days of just waiting in agony and trying to piece my life back together. Um, and then I got the blue check and all was well. Mm, mm. Big R, how, how far would you say you are away from getting a blue check yourself? I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you're maybe not as ambitious about the blue check as this gentleman who we're not going to name, but um, I'm, I'm guessing you'd, you'd like to see a blue check in your future. What What is that looking like for you, baby? You know, full disclosure here, baby, and I appreciate that question. I appreciate the uh, the concern behind it, Big T. I do. Um, you know, I, I wasn't really, I, I mean, I don't know what, what kind of category this is going to put me in. I, I know what kind of category it's going to put me in with my kid because I'm already in that category, but... Um, I wasn't even aware of this mythical, you know, blue check before I saw said post on Twitter. Um, again, uh, a, a certain individual that we name check, you know, fairly often on the program was, you know, bemoaning the fact that he hadn't gotten his blue check yet. And I was kind of looking at that and I was reading it and I'm, and I got the wife and the kid like over there and I'm like, um, 
I go, I'm getting like super offended right now reading this particular post about the lack of a blue check by a guy who thinks he should have a blue check on Twitter. I go, can you guys, can you guys update me on like the blue check thing? And um, after they like mercilessly like laughed at me because I didn't know what a blue check was, they kind of filled me in. And um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think I'm probably like, like super far away from it. Like, baby, I don't even think I'm in the vicinity of blue, blue checkiness yet. You know what I mean? I think I'm way, way far away from it. All those hours that you spend checking Pipe's Twitter account each day, you didn't wonder why he had a blue check next to his name and you didn't. I guess I, I guess when I like I guess when I'm clicking on Pipe's profile for the you know sixteenth or seventeenth time you know during the day I, I guess that check just escaped me. I mean, most of the time I'm looking to see if he's updated his profile pic so I can see what he's wearing or like you know those types of things. But like I, I just the, the check just escaped me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. Is he clean? Like, is he, I mean, how's he looking at it? What's he doing with his hair? I like, see like, man, do we have a different outfit on? Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, like, right. what? That's the stuff I'm looking at, Big T. I know, right? baby. I know. I know it. I, I mean, know you it. know. Well, see, Ronnie, here's the, here's the thing. You're going to have a really hard time getting the blue check because to get it, you have to, I mean, A, you have to go through the, the rigorous process I just described, but you right. have to, like, deep down inside, you have to really want that validation. And you're such a, you're such a content person. Like, you're, you're just sort of chill. You go through life. Like, you don't need more than you have. You're, you're good. You love your family. You love your home. You love your church. You love to, to travel worldwide and, and be a famous speaker and, you know, be a D-list celebrity who speaks at all these conferences. And you don't need the blue check. Whereas I think what they sensed in me was this this deep unresolved angst that yeah. really needed the blue check to uh, like, you know we can help just to make guy. it and yeah. so so I think I think you won't get it but you also don't need it like you're good you're good man wow that's really nice pipe I I uh, yeah I don't know what to no. say I'm speechless after that I'm pipe vis a vis this guy this gentleman who we're not going to name who really wants the blue check. Don't you feel like part of the joy of the blue check is acting like you don't need the blue check? But now that he said it out loud, like now that he's basically said, I really, really want this. And he tried to do it in a tongue in cheek way. But I think it was clear to the three of us how much it means to him to get it. Um, don't you think that takes the shine off of him actually getting it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's true of, you know, once you once you venture into this, the stratosphere of blue checks and other such status symbols like you you can't wear it boldly and you can't you can't exhibit your desire for it too much like that's just a that's a little that's a little gauche like you can't you can't really go for it like that i think so even if he gets it it's kind of like well yeah you, you begged for it mm -hmm. whereas you can have that desire but you have to you have to play it cool you have to just Behind the scenes, you can be scrambling to make it happen. But publicly, you have to just kind of play it off and be like, you know, it'll happen when it happens. If it never happens, I'll be fine. But yeah, you yeah, gotta be but like, that, oh, I didn't even notice it for like three weeks. And then that's how you know. it's supposed to be, right? You're supposed to be yeah. something unstated. I think what we're talking about right now is be careful what you ask for, right? I mean, because you're going to, that blue check's going to pop up one of these days and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is like the disappointment of the year. Of all the things I could have <laughs> wished for, of all the things I could have wanted, I asked yeah. for this, I got it, and now nothing's changed, right? Exactly. I, I mean, I, I, I just think I just think it's like he's setting himself up for you know what we call the big letdown, right? Yeah, it's, it's, is that what we and call I, it? I kind of I kind of fear for him for that because the big letdown is it's a big letdown. The big letdown is big. That's why it's called the big letdown, right? Um, Boys, I'm you know begging you. 
know, you know what's I'm not begging you to move on, Big T. Yeah, what, what's not going to be a letdown at all is live in Louisville. And what's never a letdown uh, is a hot cup of Ligars Roasters Happy Ranch Signature Blend Coffee. Let that be your big blue check, ladies and gentlemen, Ligars Roasters. In, in lieu of a big blue check, if you're not a celebrity of a certain kind, um, you can you can calm your anxieties and fears with a, with a hot cup of Ligars Roasters Coffee. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to sip and, and ponder the meaning of the blue check. So if you haven't done so already, happyrantpodcast.com. Uh, click on coffee, get yourself a cup of Ligaris Roasters Happy Rant Signature Blend. And boys, I want to uh, I want to move away from the blue check, uh, but I, I'm going to stay kind of in this space of conflict. Uh, I understand on Twitter there's a little bit of beef between the two of you, boys. And uh, I want to use this time, I want to use this space to just work that out because as we move forward as a company, I'm not going to go to live in Louisville with the two of you like being at odds with one another. Okay, um, here's what happens. And Pipe, you can fill in the cracks for me since I didn't actually see this on Twitter. I just heard about it, like third hand. Um, Pipe, you said something about how horrible it is when pastors do that thing in church where they say, uh, everybody take a minute and turn to the person around you and just, you know, say hello or whatever, uh, which I agree sucks and is, is a horrible thing. In Big R, you pushed back a little bit and said, uh, something to the effect of it's not a it's not a marriage proposal. Just grow up and say hello. Um, now I want to I want to hear from both of you. Uh, a how you're feeling about one another, and B how you're feeling about this issue. Uh, just with a little bit of time in in between now to talk about it. So uh, Big R, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take this one first. All right, baby, I appreciate that. So let me just start because for the for the interest of of you know business relations, let me just apologize to Pipe. I was being a little being a little snark with him on the on the uh, on the reply to that that tweet. Um, so here's the deal. So the greeting thing, I agree. So here's here's where I'm going to come at it with it. The greeting thing is horrible, but let me tell you why it's horrible. It's horrible because pastors don't set it up well, and they have a culture in their church where everybody sort of like dumbly turns around, like sticks out their limp hand, shakes, turns around, and then sits down, and everybody and all the introverts in the room are just like literally like flummoxed for like the next 35 minutes while the dude tries to preach. Now, at our church, man, we try not to make it like that, right? Because Big R doesn't like to roll out that way. So when we do a greeting, dude, the whole place just literally erupts into a time. It usually lasts between five and 10 minutes. Everybody's just hanging out. We're just chatting. I mean, I got to literally round everybody up. I got to try to get everybody seated so that I can even start my sermon. I mean, dude, this is just like, it's, it's like a repeat of what's happening before the service. Everybody's just kicking it like old school style. They're hanging out. They're chatting. They're not just shaking hands and being awkward. They're literally just relaxing. They're getting into like legit conversations. And then at some point, I get everybody back in. I don't know how I do it every week. I got to yell at them like eight or nine different times. And then I get to like, you know, start the sermon and then we finish up and then we go into another time of like, uh, of, uh, of that kind of fellowship. So, I mean, I get it. If you're going to do it, you can do it awkwardly and horribly. Um, but I just think there's a better way to do it. And so I'm, I'm with Pipe in the sense that he's probably out of place, 99% of all places, that just do it really awkwardly. So the question is, when are we going to stop doing it awkwardly and literally lead people in it being a time of what it's actually supposed to be, which is hangout? That's so it. That's I what I got. What I hear you saying is you're the only pastor in the world who doesn't lead it awkwardly. 
Is that, is that I'm going to say this, Big T. I'm going to I'm going to say something super bold right now, and it's going to sound slightly <laughs> arrogant. So let me ask some some pre forgiveness, some uh-huh. forgiveness right now. All right, I just coined that forgiveness. Uh-huh. All right, so you can hashtag that one, boys. Um, so this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I've I'm in the only church that I've ever been in that has not had an awkward greeting time ever in the history of all the churches I've been in. Dude, I know that's bold. I know that's bold, and I know we're going to get a ton of pushback. I know we're going to get a, get a ton of pushback at hamperatpodcast.com on, on all these things I'm saying right now. But I'm telling you, there's a better way. I should probably write a TGC post on it. Maybe I will. Maybe I will after I write the why do we why do we say God thing post that I'm working on right now. But uh, that that's where it's at. I mean, it's a bold statement, but that's where I stand with it. I mean, I understand it's hard to crank yeah. out multiple 8,000-word posts in a week. So, yeah, take the time you need to knock them Well, out. with God thing, I've only gotten up to seven points, and I know they need nine. So I just have, I'm just i still working on yeah. it. So it's it's tough, man. You, you keep cranking. You, you do it time. Time. I'm thinking maybe Joe Carter can co-write it with me, and we can wrap it up. But go on. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me uh, let me offer a a reprisal. First of all, if your church is the only church you've ever been to that does this well, I would ask for an extension of grace to those of us who attend every other evangelical church in the world. I thought I just did pipe. I said, I'm with you. I get it. It's hard. It's rough. I mean, like ongoing grace. So like if this is an ongoing struggle for some of us, um, continue to be gracious. I, I appreciate know, it. I, I, I accept your apology. We are good. No, no ongoing tensions. Live in Louisville is good to go. It's not in, it's not at risk because of some beef that we have. Of course, man. It's all the introverts in the room, man. That still bothers them. They still struggle with it. I Here's get it. Dude. I get I'm it. I'm an extrovert. Like I like, I like talking to people. Um, I'm a cranky extrovert, but I'm an extrovert. I like people. Uh, so let me, let me offer some context on where this tweet came from. I was visiting a church recently. It was my first time there. I've really enjoyed the entire experience other than that portion of the service. So I'm sitting there. They get to this point in the service. Literally, I'm surrounded by people. This is not, it's not like a sparse section of seating. And there's seven, 800 people in the room at the time. Literally everybody around me turns to whoever they came with or the friend sitting next to them and begins to talk to them. I, as a first-time visitor, who was ready to shake hands and talk to people because I'm not a, sh- a shy, retiring person, had no- like, nobody shook my hand. And I wasn't okay. sitting there like, I was just sort of awkwardly turning in circles looking at them. I was just kind of like, um, okay. Like, I don't- this wasn't, I wasn't like wilting or feeling picked on or anything. I was just like, well, this is dumb. What, why do they even do this? These are the, like, they're going to go out to lunch with these people afterwards. Why don't they just talk to them then? And so <laughs> it, I, it, was a, it was an interesting experience because I was a first-time visitor. However, I've also been at churches that do this every Sunday where, that I attended for years. And I hated it every one of those Sundays, too. Because now in Ronnie's church, if you give it like 10 minutes, you can actually have a real conversation in 10 minutes. But if you give people like 90 seconds or less— even if you even if you meet somebody for the first time, you have 90 seconds in which to like learn their name and be like, how long have you been going here? This is my first time. Great. Good to have you. Time to sit down and move on with the thing. Like the whole thing is just stilted. Yeah. And unacceptable. Then, yeah, it's terrible. So and then I, I, I got some responses from my Anglican friends. I have a handful of those because I'm very ecumenical. Oh, Dude, that number and, is growing, uh, man. The Anglican thing is so hot around here. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. So yeah. apparently the Anglicans are so hot, right? They, <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. They, they do this thing called passing the peace. That's what we do so, too, Pipe. Carry on. Okay, so 
<laughs> that name, first of all, it sounds like past the peas. Second of all, it's, uh, like, that adds a whole other layer because instead of being like, hey, what's up? It's like now we have to have a like it's like a, a sanctified blessing. So it's like I don't, I don't know. It's like it's like a benediction or a blessing along with the like, hey, how long have you been going here? What's your name? What do you do for a job conversation? So I feel like that actually adds a layer of confusion, although the Anglicans insist it adds a layer of meaningfulness that uh, that I must have overlooked. So there's my there's my little spiel on it. I it's just it's the worst part of a service. I wish it just would go away. So it goes big R. It goes for ten minutes at your church, dude. It is so out of control at our church. I mean, dude, you got people laughing. You got people walking all up and down the aisles, chatting. I mean, dude, it, you would ha- if you walked in right there, you'd be like, oh wait, so the service hasn't started yet. That's how you'd feel. Totally, dude. I would go and pee for that ten minutes. I guarantee it. Well, we only have one bathroom, so you'd be standing in line. Well, that's Dude, perfect so because I you can't possibly chapel. pee for 10 minutes. Dude, I lock yeah. up the bathroom during that time. I don't let anybody yeah. in. So I just, I go back and I say, sorry, boys, click. And I lock it. And then I Dude, swallow the key. It's minimalist bathroom. It used to be like a, a meatpacking plant. Uh, right. So it has like this old school like lock that you like sort of grab and it's made out of all that, you know, dark it's got, like, black a gigantic steel. Metal right. Core. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to be like a weightlifter to get into it. Yeah, I have my I have my handler go and like like latch it for me during the peace time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm it's glad awesome. you have a handler. Famous pastors need bodyguards. And oh, handlers. absolutely. I got like two handlers on each side. I got I got one on each row just in case the trouble brews and erupts on on one side or the other. You guys should know that about me by now. Do you think it's not gonna? You think I'm not gonna have my handlers with me at live in Louisville? If you don't think that's happening, you've lost your mind. You haven't thought of this clearly enough. Because I'm going to have buy, my hand. better buy a ticket because I'm not feeding them for free. Whatever, man. They come with me. <laughs> you know, that's like saying, you don't let me in. You don't let my handlers in. That's like not letting me in. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to be sitting up on stage with us. I'm telling you right now, both my handlers. I, I'm, you guys know what it's like. I just, I can't, I'm not going to be able to perform the show without my handlers. I have the blue check, but I don't have that level of fame, apparently. Well, you, you have like, you un- have, a- you have like, un- you have like underground celebrity status that I haven't achieved yet. You have you have your blue check. I mean, I'm worried about Ted right now. Ted, what are you going to do? I mean, there's. I mean, what, what's your what's your you know what's your posture going to be at live in Louisville? I mean, you don't have a blue check. I'm not sure if you're going to bring your handler or not. Like, what what are you going to do, baby? I'm a self contained unit. I don't need a blue check or a handler to to oh, validate. Oh boy, pride goeth. Pride mm-hmm. goeth before the fall. I know, I know. All right, well, I'll tell, I'll tell my handlers just to watch out for you because I know things could get a little creaky. And if things <laughs> get a little creaky for you, I want yeah. to. I want you to be safe because I care about you. I care about the guy behind the guy behind the guy, Big T. I don't, I don't just right. care about you. I care about what's going on inside of you, all right? I appreciate it. Because uh, one of my handlers, he's an emotion, he's an emotional handler too. He's not just caring about me physically; he's caring about me emotionally. So I'm going to have, Baby, I'm going to talk gonna him about, about handlers all day, all the live long day. I've been trying to ask Pipe a question for like ten minutes now. Judas H. Priest, please, please ask. I'm ask tired him of question. Handlers. Ask him already. Ask Stay him. About you. I mean, you're talking to me about that, and you could have asked him already. Piper, I was just going to ask you: is the is the Anglican thing getting huge in Nashville as well? Uh, Are you it's, seeing it's a lot growing of- now? Are you seeing a lot in of the people Bible sort of, belt. yeah, people getting sick of like, oh, I'm not a Southern Baptist anymore. I'm, I'm going to Anglican because I feel like that's kind of getting to be a big thing here. Anglicans right, which is, a real, right which is probably a real quick way to ruin the Anglican church, bringing, bringing all the ex-Baptists in there. But um, right? it's the, it, 
It's it's a growing thing. And so like I don't know if the official Anglican church is growing, but I know that like liturgical churches that 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 sort of echo of high churches are they're definitely growing and more popular. And I get it. Like I I think there's a great appeal to it. I just uh I don't know if the official Anglican church is because Nashville is a little bit like like Nashville, Dallas. There's these cities that are like Bible Belt staples. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's hard to shake the Baptistness of a place like this. Sure, sure. Well, boys, we got time for one more uh, one more little little topic here. And uh, Pipe, this is one that, that Big R and I hadn't honestly heard of before you brought it up. But you you kind of move about in the leadership development world uh, in your role as a as a a true business person. And apparently, Pipe, there's this phrase uh, in which people talk about leading themselves. Um, and I want you to explain that to the listeners. What does that mean? I wish I could. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it mainly means doing things and okay. making good decisions. But the context for it was, so I for for a couple of years, I co-hosted another podcast called the Five Leadership Questions Podcast through Lifeway, and about half of those episodes are interviews with Christian leaders. Not 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 necessarily all Christian leaders, mostly Christian leaders, um, and so church leaders, business leaders, etc. And we would ask them for advice, or they they to share advice with the listeners, and a huge number of them, or at least it seemed huge to me, would talk about leading themselves and how important that is. And every time I heard it, I just wanted to look at him and be like, you are too smart to say something that makes that little sense. You can't lead yourself. Like that's, that does not make sense. You can do things, but like you, leading implies followers. You can't both lead and follow. So just, it was a nonsensical thing. So it seems to me that it is sort of the leadership uh, version of self-care, which we talked about last week. That's, that was kind of the impression I got. It's sort of the, it's the buzz phrase that's that applies to leadership, so organizational leadership and church leadership and so forth. So, uh, Ronnie, if I asked you, like, what are you doing to lead yourself? What, how would you respond, dude? Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know where to go. I would be like, yeah, I, like I wake up in the morning and I eat my cereal and I pray and then I like do what I do. That I like. You're saying like, do you, do you just breathe and walk and like make decisions and open your eyes and like see things and, and like your heart beats? I, I mean, how, how else do you lead yourself? It just sounds illogical. I, yeah, I, I mean, I struggle to know. Ted, does it like, does anything jump to mind when you hear that? Like, what do you do to lead yourself? So you're heading into a new semester today as we yeah. record is your first day of classes. You clearly need to be leading yourself well. What are you doing? I'll tell you what jumps to mind for me, Pipe. It's the fact that the kinds of people who talk about leading themselves probably don't have anybody else to lead. You know what I mean? Oh, snap. They're probably probably the kinds of people who are never going to lead. They're never going to actually lead anyone else, you know? It's the kind of people who talk about, uh, I, I don't know, having a sense of humor. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you got one, you don't have to talk about it, you know? I mean, is the big idea behind it just pipe like, I mean, you have to be the one that charts your own course, makes wise decisions before the, before you can sort of, you know, sort of bring anybody along in that kind of, you know, in that kind of living. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing I think, that's what it means. I think in context, kind of like in self-care has this sort of self-indulgent side, but it also has a side of like 
creating margin, being healthy, et cetera. So I think leading yourself is you have to be in a good space character-wise, soul-wise, life pattern-wise before you can effectively lead other people. But to call it leading yourself is a really sort of asinine way to phrase it. I don't know. That just – it. uh it amused me every time I heard it because I'm just like I tried to I tried to picture it in my mind and I picture like somebody on a leash holding their own leash, like leading themselves. And it just it's just sort of a goofy way to phrase it. Is it just one of those things that like sounds important that like it almost like gives you something to lead with and talk talk to without without really like it working itself out in, in like day to day in real life? Is it one of those types of things that like, yeah, like people can like say most it, and it sounds self-important? You know what I mean? <clears throat> Yeah, like like most like most catchphrases and a lot of leadership sort of like like catchphrases that are just sort of thrown out there. They throw you know they they end up on a poster and you look at them and you're like that's that's either exceptionally obvious or exceptionally asinine. I feel like that's those are sort of the two leadership catchphrase uh, bookends is like obvious or asinine, and then somewhere in the middle there's a sweet spot, but very few people find it. Like Peter Drucker and Oswald Sanders and Jesus, and that's about it. <laughs> Hype, do you think you can teach people how to lead? I mean, or do you think leaders are just... Like, I feel like there are certain people who, everywhere they go, they're a leader. And there are a lot of people who talk about leadership who it's like, you you, you couldn't lead your way out of a paper bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you teach people to do this? It's almost like teaching people to be tall, you know? Like, certain <laughs> people have it, certain people don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um... I think you can teach people some of the skills that are essential to leadership and that'll help them, you know, so uh, communication and organization and different things. But yeah, I think there, I think there are people who, who are just sort of, they gravitate to a place of leadership. Um, Now, if they haven't developed the skills and the character, then they're going to fall flat too. I mean, you see people, I mean, you see it all the time in the church where people who gravitate towards the front because they're dynamic communicators and they have, they're charismatic, but they lack the, the stability that comes from skills and character and they, Mm -hmm. they fall on their face. But I don't, I think you can, I think people can develop character and develop skills and still not be a natural leader. Like they, they might be a capable leader in a context, but not sort of the natural, like, oh, that's somebody I'm going to follow. I think that's sort of a God-given thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Boys, one last thing. What did you, uh, what did you each do for the eclipse? Did you watch the eclipse? I I spent all day coming up with Jesus jukes about uh, eclipsing sin and things like that um, okay. because because why not? That's what the that's what Twitter's for. And since I have the blue check, I have to use Twitter to to the max. Oh, dude, I forgot you're a blue check guy. That's right. Mm. Oh, you forgot, did you? Though it's a good thing I reminded you. Can't yeah. be forgetting such Glad important you thing. Reminded me of that. There's probably somebody else you need to remind of that too. That will remain nameless. That's right. <laughs> well, if if he is listening, yeah, he will know. Yeah. If this guy. If this guy ever gets the blue check, do you think he's going to just casually slip it into every conversation for a couple of weeks? Like, oh, that reminds I mean, me of when I got yeah. my blue check on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? He'll just call himself his name and then just tag on verified at the end. Do verified. Yeah, I'm so-and-so verified. Yeah. <laughs> I at love verified. <laughs> yeah, at so-and-so <laughs> verified. Uh, I love it. Nice. Big R, did you watch what the did you do? I was driving. Yeah, I was. I was driving into. Uh, I'm, I'm here at my uh, satellite studio at Shinkatig Island in uh, Virginia, and uh, so I was driving in right as it was kind of getting ready to to happen. But I was driving past NASA. There's like a NASA base here on Shinkatig Island, mm-hmm. and uh, dude, it was like 
there was this one area where there was just like thousands of people with like their it, lo- it looked kind of like an old school like um like when you see those pictures from the 60s when they did like the rocket launches and you had everybody out with their telescopes it literally looked like that because there was all these like rocket ships and all this stuff set up around this visitor center and you had all these people kind of like hanging around this just doing this whole thing and it was kind of fascinating actually but i uh yeah, I just literally, I literally have zero interest about things of this nature. I just don't care. Yeah. It's not fascinating. It bores me. It's something that lasts two minutes. I, I just, it escapes me. It escapes any level of interest that I have. So that's yeah. where I was at with it. Same. What about Same. you? I went, I went uh, to my kid's school. So Maxim really wanted me to come and see the eclipse with him. So I did it. All right. Uh, really, really just to hang with him. But I think he and I were both a little bit, uh, kind of underwhelmed by the whole thing, you know? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you put the glasses on, it lasts for like two minutes. It's kind of like no no big thing. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm outside and it's 93 degrees and, and I wish I was somewhere else, you know, that, that kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, I think what might be interesting for us, you just gave me an idea, Big T, like why don't we... Why don't we uh, why don't we try to manufacture Happy Rant Eclipse glasses like after the fact? Let's see what kind of sales we might get on something like that at Live in Louisville. That seems like, like the post, kind of thing we're trying to do. Post Eclipse glasses, right? Post Eclipse glasses, right? We'll call them. We'll call them. We'll call them pegs. Pegs, man. Post Eclipse glasses. Like, man, have you gotten your peg yet from the rant? Like, that's what yeah. I think we should do. I like I that. Love it. Talk to or we can just constantly be like, we can constantly just tell people that supplies are limited so that there's constantly that urgency. Absolutely, man. Post-eclipse glasses. I think that's fun. I think it's Peg. brilliant. I think it's a way to increase our brand. Baby, and I think manufacturing I, I costs stay low because they're cardboard. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're basically a cheaper version of the 3D glasses you get at a movie theater. Guys, um, I, I just want to just just for our fans. I mean, if this is something that interests you, I mean, hashtag post eclipse glasses, and uh, we'll see we'll see what we can do. Maybe we'll have these. I mean, if you wear these at the rant, at, at I mean, at live in Louisville, I wonder I wonder if somehow we can make it to where if you're wearing them, it, it looks different. <laughs> like the performance <laughs> is extra special. You know, maybe we can like maybe we that. can kind of like fix it up like that, right? I like it. I like it. Uh, boys. I thought. I mean, to, to move away from the glasses real quick, I was I was super impressed that like Desiring God and and maybe the Gospel Coalition, but definitely Desiring God got a like an, an eclipsing of the sin post up on that day. Like, I mean, it was they had it they had it like lined up in advance, and I mean that's that's a plus juking right there. Did DG do it for real? Uh, they- I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was Desiring God. I, I might I might be wrong. I don't want to. A, a Desiring God employee shared an article about eclipsing sin or eclipsing the eclipse of the sun, you know, S-O-N or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like slow clap from where I stand because that's that was that's well huge. played. That's epic. That's what about any of the uh, end, end of the world? Did anybody do any end of the world, you know, uh, you know, the apocalypse, the rapture? Did we get any of any of those articles coming out? Um, mostly, Dude, I just mostly saw jokes about that. Yeah, reform guys are it's too jokes, good for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> too good for the end. Dude, we are too good for the end of the world. Absolutely. I love that, man. We're too busy we being reformed. So smart. We are too good for the, the end of the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I love that. That's one of the most brilliant things you've ever said, Big T. Reform guys are, are too big for the end of the world, man. Yeah. I love it. 
Baby, on that note, we should land the plane on this beautiful baby episode, man. Oh, I love it. We've done what we always do. We've wandered to and fro. And uh, until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.